SF City Insider, a San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Trisha Tadani, a City Hall reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. My colleague Dom Fracasa and I spoke to the leading candidates in each district race. This episode, we spoke to Catherine Stephanie, who has been District 2 supervisor for about nine months. We asked her what she's accomplished since getting appointed and what she hopes to do if elected. Supervisor Stephanie, thank you so much for coming to the Chronicle office. Thank you for having me. I'm sure it's been a very long day and a couple of months for you campaigning and being a supervisor at the same time. So we really appreciate your time. So we're going to start by giving you 60 seconds to do your your elevator pitch, and I will be timing you. So don't go over. Great. Um, All right. Ready? Three, two, one, go. I'm happy to be here today. Catherine Stephanie, I'm the District 2 Supervisor. I was appointed by Mayor Mark Farrell in January of this year, and I'm running to keep my seat to continue to be the neighborhood voice for my community at City Hall. I have been in my community for 17 years and also a legislative aide for nine years and a department head for two years. So I am uniquely qualified to continue on to be the neighborhood voice at City Hall. And, you know, there's two types of politicians, really. Politicians that want to do something and politicians that just want to be something and like have their name on the door. And I've proven over the 17 years I've been in my community that I'm a type of politician that wants to do something. And I'm very excited to continue on for the next eight years as a District 2 supervisor with my community support. Yeah, 12 more seconds if you want to fill it. (laughs) And my most important role, I'm a mom. I have a 13-year-old son and a 9-year-old daughter, and I want to keep this city safe and clean and vibrant for them. Perfect. All right, done. Um, so, uh, first question. So, your your opponents they often will criticize City Hall, um, saying how it's been, how City Hall has been operating for the last um, for the last few years. Um, they say there's been a lack of innovation, a lack of urgency. And when they're saying that, I mean, you're often sitting right next to them, so it's kind of obvious that they're pointing to you for that. Um, what what is your response to that? And and what do you say to people that say that City Hall needs a change? Well, my first response is I've been a supervisor for eight months. Mm -hmm. And in the eight (laughs) months that I've been a supervisor, I've accomplished a, a great deal. On the public safety side, I argued successfully to add 250 more police officers to our police force. I've held three public safety forums, two public safety fairs with a focus on public safety because that is an issue of the utmost concern to my community. Also, you know, I was the county clerk for two years and I was asked to do that job by Mayor Lee and Naomi Kelly because they knew based on what they've seen me do in City Hall that I could turn a department around and that's exactly what I did. So yes, I see things that need to change at City Hall, but the exciting thing about me, I'm someone with experience and relationships and the trust in the community that can actually carry out a vision and carry out change. Speaking of your experience, I wonder if you could point to some tangible things you've worked on either as a supervisor um, or as a legislative aide that you want to really highlight as, as some of your accomplishments. Give us a, a, a quick sort of bullet point CV of some, some defining moments for you in, in those capacities. Well, just even going back to being a legislative aide for Supervisor Ali Pierre, we took on some really big challenges. And this is the whole, you know, changing City Hall and swimming up a river thing. We took on challenges that not many wanted to take on. When 
when we saw that Sutter CPMC was going to close St. Luke's Hospital, we knew that that would have an impact on District 2 because all of the services would be relocated in District 2. So Supervisor Aliotto Pierre and I set out on a plan to save St. Luke's Hospital, and we just cut the ribbon on that hospital a few months, a few weeks ago, I believe. So, you know, I, we were able to do things like that, and we created a blue ribbon panel where we had so many different people on that advocating for the same thing and really studying how we could provide health care access on the southeast side of the city and also take care of the impacts to District 2 and citywide really looking at our health care system and infrastructure. So I'm very proud of that. I was born at St. Luke's Hospital. My mom got her nursing degree at St. Luke's Hospital. So for me, it was really a full circle moment. Another thing that we did when I was with Michaela Aliotto Pier, we fought to prevent another fossil fuel power plant from going in. When the Morant power plant was closing, there was a plan to have yet another fossil fuel power plant come online. And Supervisor Aliotto Pier with Ross Margarimi and Chris Daly was the only one who voted against this fossil fuel power plant. And we had to fight. We had to swim upriver to make sure that that didn't go in. And it was a fight. So I was there in committee with her. I was there advocating at the PUC in um, the committees at the Board of Supervisors. And we were able to eventually put on enough pressure and stop that. So those are two things that I did with um, Michaela Aliotto Pier that I'm quite proud of. With Mark Farrell, we have Francisco Park. And that's another thing I started with Supervisor Aliotto Pier. We um, put a re- put a resolution forward to preserve that as open space. And then as an aide to Supervisor Mark Farrell, we negotiated an agreement with the PUC and the Rec Park to purchase that land from the PUC to create a park in one of the densest areas in San Francisco. So I'm very proud of that. I've worked on so many different issues to, to great success. Mm-hmm. So I asked all 11 supervisors um, a couple of weeks ago what Um, their legislative priorities would be for the rest of the year. So some of the ones you said was legislation on 3D printed guns, um, flexible zoning legislation for Union Street, um, and a hearing on services for the homeless and mentally ill, as well as public safety, I believe. Correct. Um, So is that that all that you've been working on? And does that reflect um, what you see as the most urgent priorities for City Hall? Well, definitely, you know, the public safety, the 3D... um, the 3D printed gun legislation plays into the, my public safety issues, mm-hmm. definitely. We're also looking at um, the gun violence restraining order that was passed in 2014 at the Senate mm-hmm. and at, at the state, actually, to make sure that uh, we are actually implementing that here in San Francisco, so I'm looking into that as well. The hearing on homelessness and um, mental health services is something that I'm very excited about. I'm actually meeting with Jeff Kaczynski tomorrow to go over what that hearing is mm-hmm. going to look like, because I really think we need to drill down on the mental health aspect of our homeless problem. So that is a huge priority of mine. Um, Of course, the merchant issues are flex zoning legislation I'm very excited about to help people move through the planning department Mm -hmm. quicker. And also I have something coming up um, with the Maya Angelou statue to make sure that we are having enough female representation in our city uh, and public art. So um, that's another thing that I'm looking at as well. Mm -hmm. That should, and I have a hearing coming up on safety on Muni. Um, That's something that I care deeply about. I think that we've seen so many things on Muni lately where people don't feel safe our operators don't feel safe mm-hmm. um, our people that are riding muni don't feel safe i know women um, have expressed they don't feel safe riding muni at nine it's something we absolutely have to tackle and i have a hearing coming up on that i believe in october at the land use committee mm-hmm. so these these are um priorities that you want to get done before the end of the year so so if elected is there anything you're working on now that you feel like you need more time to be able to accomplish and that you would want to be elected again so you could see that through. 
Yeah. So when I'm elected, when, I, um, <laughs> I, I am going to continue to work to make sure that we have all the public safety resources that we need. I think I mentioned to you earlier when we went on that walk that I've been working with Captain Angler to make mm-hmm. sure that we have the right amount of police resources all throughout District 2. And we've just created um, a substation that we're going to have bicycle cops mm-hmm. and footbeat cops working out of the marina, not just out of the northern station at Turk and Fillmore. So we're still working on that yeah. to find that exact location. But they have started their beats in the marina, which which I'm very excited about. So yeah, and then the homeless aspect of really drilling down on that mental health um, aspect of it and doing due diligence, working with people like Martha Ryan, who I love and respect. She's the executive director of the Homeless Prenatal Program. Working with her, working with Jeff Kaczynski, working with Greg Wagner at the Department of Public Health, and really trying to understand as legislators, where should we be spending our resources? What should we be doing differently to tackle this issue? Getting back to public safety for a moment, Supervisor, um, District 2 is a home to a number of really iconic city landmarks, and unfortunately, that's also made them a target of of car break-ins, especially. This has been a huge issue in San Francisco in recent years. You know, there's some cautious optimism that that, that progress is being made um, with things like uh, break-in notification, telling people that, like, this is a problem and so you should secure your belongings, et cetera. But I want to know what your plan is around getting break-in numbers down even further. Well, I'm going to continue to do what I've been doing. Like I said, I've had three public safety forums and two public safety fairs. And at those events, we've been talking about the ParkSmart program. I've been a lead on that. It's an education program started by the police department that tells people not to leave things in their car. And all that, although that might seem obvious to some of us, it's not obvious always to tourists. I will continue to work with Captain Angler at our northern station to to talk about where the break-ins are happening. You know, when he put a police car at the Palace of Fine Arts, which is one of our spots where um, there are a lot of break-ins, there were zero break-ins. So we know police presence works. I also work with Captain Yep out of Central Station. He uh, has the Lombard Cricket Street in the Central Station, and we work a lot on making sure that we have the right amount of resources. I actually had resources set aside from our ad-back process to pay for 10B officers at the Lombard Cricket Street to make sure that there aren't any break-ins and also to make sure they are helping with our parking control officers as we deal with the traffic congestion and the pedestrian overflow in those areas. When you have the uh, um, public safety forums um, or community meetings, from what are what are people saying at those? You know what I'm finding: people really want to be heard. They want it. They want their captains. They want the district attorney who was there as well. They want the commander of community engagement, Ca- Commander David Lazar, to hear them, to hear the concerns, and they want some answers. They want to know what to do when they see a homeless person. They want to know whether or not it's a crisis, whether or not they call nine one one or the five five three zero one two, three number. They want to know. They want some answers. So what I'm finding actually is that it's, it's a positive community event and people feel like they're connected to the people that are there to serve them. They feel like they know them better. And I think that creates a great sense of community. And I think the takeaways have been actually very good. I know that um, people have thanked me for them. Um, we have a lot of ideas that have come out of them. People did not know about our security camera registry program which was started by the DA's office. And then Captain Engler and I discussed how we could pull the police department into that program so that when a crime is committed, the police department can touch base with the DA's office and find out whether or not there's private security footage in the area. And they can go out and find out whether or not there's footage they can look at to help solve crimes. So I think a lot of people are excited about that program. We 
told people how to register their cameras with the DA's office. And I think it just goes into being part of a community and community policing. And and I, it, they've been really good events. Mm-hmm. So also getting back to um, the idea of homelessness, which you had touched upon earlier. So in so District True, District 2 has either the lowest or one of the lowest um, homeless populations in the entire city. Um, so you had said that you would support putting a navigation center in District 2 if you could find a place and the resources and everything. Um, I could see the argument being made from residents in District 2 that you know we don't have the highest population in the city. Why do we need, why would we need a shelter here? Um, or sorry, navigation center here. Um, what what do you say to folks who would sort of blanch at this idea of a navigation center coming into District Two? Well, I think you know a lot of people really are upset with seeing people living on the streets. And like mm-hmm. I say all the time, it is not compassionate to let people live and die in our streets. And if we were to have a navigation center, and the ones that I've seen are run very well, and you know they're not eyesores, they're it's a way for people to. To, to have somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. And I think people would rather have some, you know, people off the streets in a bed getting the help they need. So uh, I, th- I think people would, you know, if it's an option to ha- rather have someone living on the street or in the navigation center and somewhere in District 2 where I, no one has proposed one yet in District 2, it would have to be a location that was well vetted and supported by the community, in my opinion. But it's definitely something that I think people, I don't know if a lot of people would blanch at it. I haven't heard anyone say no way. I've heard people say we really need to make sure people aren't living on the streets because that's contributing to the dirtiness of our streets. It's contributing to this feeling of people feeling unsafe. So I think people would much prefer a navigation center than they would um, continuing to see what we see on our streets every day, which is many, many people homeless and need in, in need of much help. The last thing I wanted to ask about was um, actually about like affordable housing. And I, I think it's fair to say that people don't think as District 2 as being the nucleus of, of affordable housing and, 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 you know, affordability generally in the city. Right. What, to what extent do you see it as a supervisor's um, responsibility in this climate to advocate for uh, affordable housing in, in your district in particular? Now, whether that's, you know, going to planning or, you know, speaking up at land use when there's a project that's coming in and there's a conversation happening about inclusionary rates, et cetera. I'm just curious to, to what extent you prioritize that and, and to what extent do you think that's a supervisor's job to do that? I, well, I definitely think it's our job to think about that. We need to think about, you know, everyone who's in our district and everyone, you know, our teachers, our middle class. I mean, that's something that I definitely have to think about. And what I've said before and what I've been very proud of, I was able to start as a legislative aide to Supervisor Farrell and then finish as the supervisor is uh, the special use district that created the uh, Lucky Penny that we talk about all the time. And that was, we, we took... A project that was only going to have 21 units, luxury units, and maybe three subsidized affordable units in this project. And we were able to create 95 units and 22 subsidized affordable units. And I think looking at opportunity sites throughout the district and figuring out how we can work with developers to bring on more subsidized affordable units through special use districts or making sure our inclusionary zoning policy is at a number that works to maximize those number of units. That's something that I absolutely have to look at. Absolutely, I want to look at. We can't just have a city where the very rich and the very, you know, and the poor are living here. We have to be able to create a city that's vibrant, has a middle class, that's thriving. And I take that role seriously. It's something that I'm um, very interested in. 
in. I, of course, believe in density along our transit corridors. And I also believe that if we're going to provide density along transit corridors, that we better make sure our transit infrastructure is good and that our buses run on time. And when we see that our buses are running on, you know, at 57% of what it should be, that's a failing grade in my opinion, we better make sure that we're shoring up our transportation infrastructure in a way that can handle the density that we need to provide. And moving into the lightning round. Um, So I know that we uh, touched upon this earlier before of the legislation that you have been working on in your eight months as supervisor. Um, If elected, what is a new piece of legislation that you would look to enact? Well, you know, we started with the 3D printed guns. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things I'm looking at. But I I really want to make sure that I am focusing on the mental health crisis that we're seeing and and the substance abuse um, that we see on the streets and understanding what exactly we could be doing to get to that problem. I think it's one of our number one problems here in the city, whether or not it's working with our hospitals to create more subacute beds mm-hmm. um, so that we have places for people to go. Um, but definitely my, my number one piece of legislation that I will be looking at when elected is t- targeting that issue, really getting to the heart mm-hmm. of that issue. And that's why I'm meeting with Jeff Kaczynski tomorrow. That's why I'm continuing to meet with Martha Ryan at the Homeless mm-hmm. Prenatal Program and others to understand what that legislation is going to look like. And I'm also working with the mayor's office to get a better understanding of uh, where they want to see that issue go as well. So something else that I hear your competitors, Skylar Hudak and Nick Josephowitz say a lot is, you know, we have an $11.1 billion budget. Where is that going? And as someone who um, is on the Budget and Finance Committee and, you know, we're spending $300 million on homelessness a year, but as someone who's, you know, inside City Hall and seeing how all of that is spent, do you think it is a lack of resources, it's a lack of money, or just a lack of direction of where that money is being allocated? Well, I think it's really, like, it's why I called for an audit to understand how much money we are spending on nonprofits and what are the metrics that we're asking uh, our Mm -hmm. nonprofits to fill and to really get an understanding, like, if if we're going to be giving money to our community benefit organizations Mm -hmm. to help us with this issue, San Francisco, I think, does more, um, more of that than any other city that what what are we expecting in return and are we getting that and are we going to have our investment in these nonprofits contingent upon outcomes or are we not mm-hmm. and so i really want to get an understanding with through this audit that we're doing what exactly are we spending money on what are we trying to get out of it and are we successful mm-hmm. are we are we making sure that we're spending our money wisely mm-hmm. yeah. on this issue Prop 10, uh, the measure that would repeal Costa-Hawkins. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Where are I, you on that? I'm a thumbs down on repealing Costa-Hawkins. I think it would exacerbate our um, housing crisis. I think it would force people not to build. I think it would force people to sit on their properties. I don't think it would um, do what we want it to do. Do I see that we need reforms? Do I see that we need to protect um, tenants in a way um, that's re- very real? Yes, but I do not see that um, repealing Prop 10 is the way um, to go about it. Uh, last question, Supervisor. Um, it's actually a question about labels that we've been asking everyone who's um, been nice enough to sit down with us. It, you're, you're considered a moderate supervisor. Mark Farrell was considered a moderate supervisor. I just want to know what, what, what being a moderate supervisor means as opposed to a progressive supervisor in San Francisco. And I want, you, I want to know what you think about being ascribed that particular designation. Well, it's interesting because um, I, I've worked for two moderate supervisors as as were deemed moderate. And, you know, I think people 
tend to think that moderates are more fiscally conservative or whatever. Um, but, and I, and I fall into that camp. I fall into the moderate camp and, and it's one that I'm fine with. But at the same time, um, I have a heart that cares deeply about others and um you know and so do my progressive friends and so do my moderate friends and you know when i sat down with mayor brown after i was appointed it it was fun, it was great it was a great 90 minute breakfast like i felt like it could have gone for on forever i had such a great time but he said that he posed that same question to me and i said you know what here's how i go about my job and here's how i go about things i look at a situation i do my homework i do my research I feel what I feel about it, and then I just make my call in terms of what I think my community wants and what I think is the right thing to do. Maybe sometimes, most of the times, that mo- that's moderate. Maybe sometimes that's progressive. I don't know. But for me, it's always about being true to who I am, being true to my community, and um, if people want to label me, that's fine. But, it, you know, I think that for me... You'll find when you look at all of the people that are supporting me, I have both progressive and moderate support, and it's something I'm very proud of. It's because I think um, I work well with others, and people know that my heart is in this for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. One more question. I know Dom said that was the last one, but um, before you were appointed, you said that you were training for the uh, Escape from Alcatraz. Uh, was it a triathlon? Yes. Have you gotten back to your training? Have you had any time to do that? I wish. It is my every dream to get up in the morning and um, swim, bike, or run. But yes, I will get back into it. I actually did apply for the lottery again to get back into the Escape from Alcatraz triathlon. It's not easy to get into. I and there was a lottery. Yeah, you ha- it's, it's a hard race to get into, mm-hmm. but I, I'm very excited. I love swimming in the bay. I love biking through the Presidio and around the city, and I very much love running. I did the New York Marathon in mm-hmm. November uh, last year. I was hoping I to do it again it's this not year. Happen yeah, this year, this year. I, I'm doing a different kind of race. Yeah, yeah. it's a different kind of race right now. But uh, yes, triathlons yeah. are um, a love of mine. Yeah. Very much. All right, Supervisor, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you so much. This show is a part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. It was produced by me, Dom Fercasa. For more City Hall coverage, visit sfchronicle.com.